You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Welcome back, everyone. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> He's back. Our, <laughs> our special guest. Your very oh, special I, guest. I did that in the last evening. episode. You did that a, a few episodes ago. I think it's just a thing you do once in a while. Yeah. You might as well share that with yeah, the world. Share that. It is a, my, a gift. My special talent. It's a gift. Let's just. Okay. Know. And uh, this intro might be kind of weird because. You know, things are changing rapidly on? in the world. What is going on? It's the question that Terrence McKinnon often asked himself. It's kind of what the what we're what, here to kind of what in the world is going on? What is going on? It you know we're all asking ourselves that all the time, whether we know it or not. So it's we're reluctant to say anything about any world events um, in this intro. But we have to do it before the episode's actually edited. So, because Shane. Yes, that's me. My partner in crime. We've been hanging tough we during were. this whole yes, pandemic. We, have. we haven't been more than a couple of days, maybe, without seeing each other for more than two years. I guess maybe that's normal for people, but you used to do this thing a long time ago mm-hmm. called touring. Mm-hmm. And you. Like the bunny men who t- did a little test run for you, check the waters. They just got done with their tour. Yes. You're about to go. I'm going on, on tour. tour. Okay, because this is a podcast about Echo and the bunny men. And it's a podcast where I drag my partner, you know, interrupt whatever he's doing and bring him out here to talk about Echo and the bunny men. And I like to start by asking, what were you doing? Before I drug you out here, tell us about this tour. I am going on tour for two weeks. Two weeks. Play music from my album, Liverpool. That's right. Uh, Solo electric guitar music, where I took sea shanty music, sea songs, and made them into these uh, arrangements for the electric guitar. I put an album out, and I'm going to go on tour, and I'm going to play in... Let's hear the dates. Different cities. New York. Yeah, yeah. Durham, Charlottesville, Washington, (laughs) D.C., Philadelphia, New York City, upstate New York, back to New York City, Uh, (laughs) Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Are you going to Pittsburgh? Hell yeah, I'm going to Pittsburgh. I need to call our friends and tell them. Yeah, call your friends. I know. I like. Oh, to, I like to surprise. Like, surprise. Uh, that's like a. <laughs> well, that's midway. It's like a week away. I could call them from the road, like three days from now, and be yes. like, "Hey, I'm coming to town." I know. I'm like Need planning with people four months out to go visit um, them. And but yeah, and then uh, Cleveland. Oh, you're going to Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to Cleveland. I'm going. Is that the Midwest? We're going to the Midwest, baby. We're you going, are. Oh yeah, I'm going to Indianapolis. I had no that's idea. That's an interesting place because oh, okay. I don't know anyone there that's uncharted territory it's a little bit i've been there before a couple of times but i still feel like i don't know anyone there but yeah. then i'm going to chicago 
and then I'm going to St. Louis, uh-huh. and then I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee, and then I'm coming back home to Athens. So I'm doing a little run. Dang, and I'm playing cool, some concerts. Man. I don't pay attention to anything you do. Just the other day, I thought he was gone three weeks. Gonna be gone two. Two weeks. Yeah. I don't want to go. That's three weeks. far and wide. That's yeah, exciting. It's a nice circle. I'm making man. a circle. We're all. So that's what I'm doing. What I was far. doing before I was doing this is I was getting like my merchandise all sorted out. Yeah. Because it was. It's been. You know. It's been a pandemic, so I haven't gone on tour in like a few years. Now he has just been holed up. But it's gonna be good. The music is strong. I'm I know. Well, because you've just been writing and working and just planting seeds in your studio. Yeah. This really really coincides very well with what's happening in this episode for Echo and the Bunnymen. You know, they've been woodshedding and mm-hmm. practicing mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Will's house, at his I'll dad's there house. there one day, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I don't know. <laughs> and then and they've been practicing, <laughs> and they've just recently done that for themselves because they just got done with tour. Man, there's so many great videos and so many oh, yeah. pictures. It's like they're having and a good someday, old time. God, someday I'm going to get over there. But this whole episode is about their touring yes their early touring their first touring first ever yeah okay so that works out it sure does life imitates podcast yes it does and so tonight we're going to be talking about early shows touring shows this is part one Mm -hmm. of a two-part series okay all right (laughs) i believe you and we're going all the way from the second gig to the YMCA. Those of you who know, yeah. You know. Oh, I can't wait. Is Hold this on. the episode with the YMCA conversation? Oh yeah, this is because we recorded. This is one of those. I know in the last episode we were talking about how like how far removed we are from putting the content we're about to put out. So, but I do. I remember having a lot of fun talking about the YMCA. <laughs> we learned about it, but like just. But I remember it being like a good time, and I don't. I haven't heard it in We so have long. some good time. Let me tell you about this episode. We have some good times. There are some real tangents on this one. We go on a Billy Corgan tangent. I'm not sorry. We go on a Brian Adams a, tangent. Man, we all need a little bit of fun. We need a little dirt. We need a little, you know, an old story from, you know, the 90s. It's relevant, kind of. And, and you know, we talk about Rush, and we talk about... <laughs> It's good. That's where that's where it's at, you know. I know. I mean, I just we unified field, you know. Right. That's right. That's what we're here to do. Is just kind of draw connections, point mm-hmm. out the the synchronicities, existing connections, right. and the synchronicities that are all around us at every moment. And mm. we really just need to appreciate every moment. And we appreciate you for being planet. here with us. Yes, we do tonight yes. or this morning or this afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, any time of day that it is. Any time is the right time. For Echo. <laughs> in here podcast. Hosted by us. Yes. About them. And uh So sit back, grab a bevy, <laughs> and enjoy. Pack your pipe. <laughs> and enjoy. Turn on your massage chair <laughs> and go. <laughs> Duck and cover and on our history and all of mystery, Okay, and we're gonna talk about the summer of seventy nine. 
in the summer of 79. <laughs> That's right. So, a lot of things happen this summer. Between summer, fallish, you know. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of different places they went, things they did. So, so strap on okay. in. Okay. Because that summer, yeah. they're playing their out-of-town gigs. Their mm. little touring circuit. First ever. Wow. Okay? They're playing Eric's. Their hometown pub. Yeah. They're playing Manchester, right across the way there. Mm-hmm. York, Leeds, and we're going to eventually hit London, okay? That's cool. So we're talking about the summer of 79, right? Okay. Okay. But first, we're going to talk about the winter of 78, 79, okay? <laughs> and just talk about their first couple of gigs locally, you know? You know, we talked about the first one. What was their second gig, Shane? Manchester. It was at Eric's again. Okay. It was a Rock Against Racism gig. Of course it was. I feel like Joy Division was there, but I'm not going to look it up. And I'm just, there's there's limits to what Let's I'm Let's just say they were there. Into. I'll say they were there. I think, yeah. I'm not going to look it up either. <laughs> um, but no, it says they were supporting a local band called Tronics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... This is their first paying gig, okay? Wow. So, second gig, first paying gig. Yeah. They got $13 nice. to fill up the van. Been there. Yep, yep. And they have five songs at this point. So that means we have a little catching up to do with the songs. We got Bagsy, I Bagsy Yours, which is Monkeys, Ashes to Ashes, Stars to Stars, Happy Death Men, and... Uh, read it in books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and going up. Mm. That's one of the early. I wondered when that one came in. Yeah. With the, it's number five. Yeah. One of my favorites. Wow. So, um, it was a pretty good gig. There were drum machine issues abounded. Okay. And then, okay, so let's talk about their third gig. This is a gig that, um, Happens in a place that is really near and dear to Will's heart. It's called Everyman Theater, which, which (laughs) Will, this is a place of great importance to him. Okay, perhaps like the epitome was for us. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a creative. That was a little cafe where Courtney and I met. Underground cafe. It was a prefab kind of shopping, you know, shopping center kind of deal because we are Americans. But this one, you know, was probably more quaint um it had kind of like a pub atmosphere and painted brick and subdued lighting and so they play at this gig you know and and people that went to eric's were there so it was just a really cool place to hang out so they play this gig it was a place where you know creative people and weirdos could hang out there weren't many places like that. This is the weird thing about England that we all forget. But in those days, the pubs closed super early, like at 10, and there was literally nowhere to go. That was a weird, you know, part of the landscape back then. Yeah. Um, and this place is open till midnight. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, and this is their third gig. And it is a total disaster. Wow. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. 
the drum machine like had one of its worst moments. Did he break a string? Did oh, they string? broke a string. How did you know, Shane? Well, I know like what it's like psych. when a big, <laughs> gig, goes, gig goes wrong. Might as well, you gotta break. Because I mean, you can break two strings. Like, well, let fix me the you. broken string and then boop, another one breaks. This is okay. That's that kind of show. Yeah. They have bad to, cable. They have to leave. Yeah. They have to abandon the show. They have to say, never mind. Sorry. Bye. And yeah. they and he said it was really embarrassing for them. And I guess it's important to have an embarrassing gig. Yeah. You know, under your belt. Gig number three. Um all right. Yo. <laughs> Let's get back. I want to tell you some stuff about these early touring shows for Echo and the Bunnymen. All right, so let's get back into it. So, the summer of 79. Whoa, yeah. Can you learn that riff? I put my first real six string. Down at the five and dime. It's a good song, actually. Are you, can you play it? Can you play that riff? That I'm going to say yes, but uh, I don't know it. <laughs> well, we got to learn from this. I will. Now, I love some Brian Adams. What thoughts? We think we've Brian discussed Adams him before. Yeah. On the show. Yes. Um, here. We've Tom Sheehan. I'll take a picture of that guy. Brian Adams has uh, two good songs. Okay. That song, Summer of 69. And my personal favorite, Heaven. Heaven. Yeah. I, there's another one I like. He might have another good one. But like yeah, I I despise a couple of his songs. Yeah. Like in a bad, in a way. Okay, now there's one that I sang in chorus. The um Robin Hood soundtrack. Yeah, I hate that. That's fucking I hate that. Oh, you know it's true. Everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> Walk the mind. And we were in the middle school chorus being like such a heart, search your soul. Find me there, you'll search no more. <laughs> you know, but and then he has another song, which I took thought took a lot of nerve, which was later. Like I was a little older, so I started tuning out pop culture. But like it was like, uh, tell me, have you ever really, 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 really? Really, 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 really. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> like, I was like, how dare you write that lyric? <laughs> you know? You're not alone. Love oh. the woman. <laughs> From, like, the Don Juan movie or some shit with oh, Antonio Banderas. Depp. What? Oh, Antonio. Okay. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Listen, you know, <laughs> as know. much oh, as we're going to keep all this in the podcast, it's but we, we need to get back into the gig. All uh, right. The gig that the happened. The gig economy. Now, let me tell you, Zoo Records has no money, okay? Mm-hmm. That's their uh, their label. Right. So there was no money for a crew, clearly. A I road mean, crew? A road crew. Now. But they're young. They're n- exactly. Carry like, your shit in and out of the house. Like, I mean, <laughs> get in the van. Who does, right? Sleep, sleep with the squat. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, I mean. Just par for the course, and they're paying their dues, okay? Yeah. So Les, he's going to be the band's driver. And 
he is going to procure an automobile, a 1968 minibus transit, Hmm. which we will post a picture of on our ghost of an Instagram. And it had a diesel engine. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he enhanced it by putting in a little shag carpet. (laughs) Okay. Man. And a stereo. That's the dream right there. Yeah, it's got music. And you do want a soft surface just totally. to give it a little style. There's a, a kid kush kind of when I was in high school that had one. Uh, like a, it was like a Volkswagen like bus, but he had it like tricked out yeah, inside. Yeah, my friend had one too with a tent. I was so jealous, man. I wanted oh, that so bad. Oh, me too. She, she bought it. Like, yeah. She worked. She got it. Just go in there and smoke weed. Oh, my God. We'd drive to the beach and just sit out there. I mean, this is incredible. Now, they don't... Theirs looked really old. Like, looking at a picture of this thing, I'm like, I don't know. It's all... It looks all European. and So let me tell you something else you need to know about Les. Okay. So he's going to use his own money, $350 of it, pounds, you know. Right, right. Like he's buying the vehicle, the Bunnyman vehicle. That's a bass player move right there. That's what Will said in his book. He was like, it's not, it's one thing to have a good bass player. But the guy who bought the van, yeah, you know, he, Will was saying like we wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Like apparently he and Matt can't make money. Like they just can't. Yeah, they couldn't you know they were like hamburger helping it up and like yeah. ramen noodling it together and like Les uh, Les had a job. Yeah, because he's working in that boatyard with with the job. You know. Yeah. And we know this now because of Will's book. Bunny man. Guess who sat shotgun? Hmm. Who? Well, wh- why don't you guess? I'm going to say Mac. No. Will. Will. Hmm. Do you know why? Because he gets nauseous in That's the back? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's why my friend Ingrid is always shotgun. Yeah. That is how you... That's your little you, excuse. <laughs> your little excuse. Mine, but, mine but is I'm high, tall. I'm tall. So, <laughs> But then I, you get in the car with someone who gets a little nauseous in the back, and then, well, my leg room takes a back seat, figuratively and, and literally. <laughs> you don't want to mess around. It, I mean, it's a high-risk situation i might puke in your car right you know like what can you say or at least just be a bummer to be around (laughs) would you (laughs) sacrifice (laughs) it's like stop that (laughs) (laughs) yeah well Mm. he's the shotgun guy so that's so when you're picturing this band traveling i was really glad to have that clarified yes for me Me too. Because when I'm picturing them in the van, I figure Mac just wanted, like, took it because he's like, oh yeah, of course, because he's just like special, special guy with needs and the man with the golden throat. Yeah. So let's think about that for a minute. That Mac (laughs) is in in the. Can you imagine, first of all, the amount of cigarettes that were smoked in in that van? But not. You know what's weird about that man is that the only one, two people smoke. Mac smokes. At some point, they all did. Well, at some point, yeah, and I'm Probably sure at the beginning, they were, when they first got into the $350 van, they were like, <laughs> just like smoking cigs with the windows rolled up. Oh, absolutely, because it's chilly in the yeah. summers there. Um, yeah, so that's just something to just, you know, put away for later. The configuration 
of the man mm. in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're picturing... <laughs> Nobody got like the a, earbuds a either, you know, because earbuds <laughs> really changed touring. Well, but then you're not sharing music in the car. Yeah, but then you're just... Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I mean, this, you know... One time I was in the, in the car with my friend Vanessa. I don't know why I'm so giggly, y'all. There's no excuse. I think it's just the the nervous times, the nervous energy of the times we're living in. But um, <laughs> anyway, once, Holocaust. <laughs> one, one time a long time ago, I was on acid with my friend Vanessa. And we went somewhere with like a couple. They were in the front seat. Uh-huh. But I really wanted to listen to my uh, Aphex Twin while Jeez. I was peeking on acid. Wow, that's intense. So it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just put my headphones on, and then, you know, and she's tripping too. And then she realized, and she, you can just hear Vanessa, and she threw the headphones off. Oh, she really? Said, Courtney, really? Oh yeah, you know? that, that is exactly what she sounds like too. <laughs> I know, I'm, and That's I'm a good impression. And I took them off, and you know. Yeah, we gotta be be together here <laughs> while we trip. While we can be, you know what I mean. So Les, so he's gonna be the driver. All right. Mm-hmm. That was always my job. That makes sense, Captain kind of Les. Captain, exactly. Captain Les. Okay, so he had a tough schedule. He would leave the boatyard, right? Because he's Captain yeah, Les. Yeah, he's Captain Les. <laughs> and he would drive the band to a gig. And then he would do the sound check, which is always pain in the balls. Yeah. The performance. And then he would drive back to the boatyard. No sleep. But so here, Does he live on the boatyard? No, but he works there all day. Okay. He, you know, I think he spends a lot of time there. And maybe more than actually was necessary because that's the kind of guy he is he continued to work there yeah <clears throat> and he would go there no sleep after a gig and show up and he's still doing that i i know i mean that's legendary do we under, i mean let's really take a moment and let that sink in that that and he that was his dream he would talk about it at the height of their fame i just want to get back out to the <laughs> boatyard yeah, so just that's just something to know. Um, what was the guy you talked to that hangs out with them? Oh, Peter Allen. Peter Allen. Yeah. Or Peter Allen was saying that. Uh, oh, Les will talk to you. He'll talk. Like to he you. was like definite. He was like. He was, <laughs> yeah, he, he said that that that's is. That's a sure bet if you yes, wanted. Yes, that we could approach this person. Yeah. And he would not be mean to us. <laughs> and that you know. I mean, that's kind of my favorite person in a band. Now, you were saying Neil Peart is kind of standoffish, but not in an unkind way. I would say it's unkind. Okay. I think that Neil yeah. Peart of Rush, I watched the Rush <laughs> documentary the other night on Netflix, and uh, yeah, that came out 2010. But yeah, he was just saying, like, it's nothing personal, but I just... I, I don't... He doesn't feel comfortable giving that part of himself or whatever, you know? No, thank you. But there's stories... Mm, of him of, not. yeah like the bass player for rage against machines in that movie and he's like oh. talking on and on about how much he loved them and then oh. and then he just had this like kind of 
mortifying experience approaching Neil Peart because people get all crazy around him. Oh yeah, and uh, start air fa- drumming. Yeah, and then and then he's just he'll just he'll just shut it down. Like if people start Aww. getting all fanboy, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but I mean he's setting the boundary. He, and then so he tries to say it's nothing personal. I just can't. And then they're excusing him. He's just shy. <laughs> yeah, man, and shy and cold. Yeah. I mean, it's they're not they're not too far from one another. Anyway, this is a guy you know who's willing to to work hard and stay up late driving. Captain Les. Captain. <laughs> yes, at the helm, just driving those two hours back and forth from manchester to to liverpool do you know how far london is how far do you think london is from liverpool you know they are two disparate entities i'm gonna say three hours it's four hours four okay Okay, all right right. because i was like what four hours that's closer i mean the whole country of england's like the size of orlando florida or something though you know (laughs) But anyway, Les, man, driving that train. (laughs) High on cocaine. He wasn't. He was just young and loyal Mm. and just going to get you there, Mm -hmm. you know? He's a steady hand. I mean, he's the bass player, too. He's driving the band. That's right. Exactly. Man, yeah. Les, driving the band. That's right. Also the captain of the ship. Yes. And in this quote from Turquoise Days, very important, it says, Amiable to the end, he handled all of this without complaint. Now, let me tell you about an exciting time. This is sort of a landmark moment, okay, where we're going to see this band recorded. This is the first recording, visual recording of this band. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Okay. Do you remember Tony Wilson? Yeah. Who's that? I'm going to say he's Factory Records. Factory Records, yes. Yeah. In Manchester. That's right. Remember how he has a TV show? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it's his show? Like a public access TV show. Oh, yeah. That's his show? He talks. He takes bands who are touring. They're on that show. That's the show that they're on. Right on. So they stop by Manchester. They perform live on television. And you can see a tiny little clip of just them being announced and playing like the first verse okay what's on on youtube it's i think it's from meet the bunnymen what song is it okay it's pictures okay and it sounds good they sound good they sound good so he's wearing they look good this bright easy on the eyes easy on the eyes i'm gonna play it for you now okay okay and the band made the first ever tv appearance just months after forming so good night sleep tight Sound 
All right. <laughs> so, uh, what did wow. you think of that? Yeah, I mean, wow. Okay, so he's They're a young. baby. Young. He's very young, yeah. And uh, you can't tell if there's like nervous energy, you know? It, they mask it well, but you're expecting it, and it's and it's the, there. There's like a swat, like they're swallow. A li- it's like kind of subdued, yes. but yet it's still strong. Mick Middle swears it's that he's like breathy. blushing right before, like you know. yeah, like it seems like there's like a there's a little nerves going on, but yeah, it's still edgy. And just knowing like kind of what an attitude this guy has. Even at that young age, you know, because yes. he was already an old man when he was that young, but he looks so so boyish. Yes. Yeah, you know, he's like he has like an old soul, so he has like a there's a perseverance. You know, like the but way it doesn't that come Mick across phys- like physically, it doesn't look like it, but then no. you can still see that attitude. In, yes. In his face, I think about what Shannon said about his astrology. Like he has just enough of I don't know, is it Mars doing something? Just enough of something that just makes you, yeah, like. A resolute old soldier. Just, I'm going to keep moving my mouth and singing these words. There's also like a real sensitivity to his own voice. I feel like probably the sound check. It's very breathy. I mean, his voice is, yeah, he's very. Yeah, well, he's, the mic's really hot. I feel like hotter than he expects. And so he's kind of holding back a little bit. Holding back. Mm hmm. And he does just kind of look at the camera in that disassociated way and just keeps going. I would love to see the whole thing. Um, no smiling, no pandering. Yeah. And the way Mick Middles writes about it is really beautiful, but um, I don't, do I feel like looking for it? I just remember reading that passage in his book, Ian McCulloch, The King of Cool, and being like, that's beautiful. Something about Will always turning, turning away oh. or something. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. I'm not doing it. I don't, do I need to? look thank you no you don't need to look that up (laughs) but uh check out mick middle's book the king of cool yes check it out for all the very uh i mean it's we're always solid writing solid writing very knowledgeable so many books man knowledgeable i I mean I, i have not disagreed with the word he said yet so okay so this is you know i've just kind of told you all the story of uh the bunnyman's first television appearance Mm-hmm. But I was really quite taken aback by Will's version of the story mm. upon reading his book, Bunny, Bunny Man. You know, I would like to talk about the title of his book. Oh. Uh, because Damn. when you say it, you say Bunny Man. But I'm almost kind of like Bunnyman. Bunnyman. He's a bunny man, even though that sounds like bunny men, you right. know, but it's like, <laughs> I can't not say bunny man. But you know how like, uh, like if you saw like a, a workman, like, yeah. you'd be like, it'd be spelled what? M-A-N right. or like, uh, right. So we can just say bunny man is the name of his, do you, you say, know, he's a fireman. Do you say fireman? <laughs> he's a fireman. There's a, there's a commonplace one. Policeman. No, you say he's a policeman. But it's <laughs> so he's not a bunny man. Bunny man. Bunny man. It's like I want people he's to be able man. to Google it, but they'll fucking find it. He's if a bunny need to. If they're listening to this podcast, right. they have already read the book. <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> y'all. Do you remember that one part where he was talking? And here's the thing: he was telling what was going on in his mind mm. 
during the live in Granada thing, mm. why they may have been a little nervous. Mm. And, you know, I don't want to tell the stories. I mean, he can tell it better. But I will just say, though, that he was accosted by, by a person, a prominent person, but whose name has been changed in the book mm. and mm. was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this woman threw him down and straddled his ass Whoa. <laughs> and said, like, you know, I want to write some songs with you. And he was all scared, and she was like all up in his face. Was it Courtney then, Love? I well, I think it's a little early for that. Oh, okay. Because she kind of wrote in later. Yeah. But it, ha- it is a blonde person, I believe. Debbie Harry. We can all just sit here all night <laughs> and who and speculate about who was trying to fuck the shit out of, you know, Virgin Will when he was a kid. But you know, and and it's I think. I think, I'm not even from there. I'm kind of new to all this. I think I know who it was, but you'll just have to read to find out what happens next. But anyway, I'll tell you what. She was at the TV station that very next day after taking mercy on him, being yeah. like, I won't fuck you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> wow. I hope that so, must have been really traumatic for him. I know. But I think he's okay. Yeah. I think he's okay. Um, but he, but that happened, but then also there was some technical difficulties. You guessed it. Echo. There was, there was a timing issue. And so he just yelled out like, we gotta stop this fucking shit, man. You know? (laughs) And he thought that he was, you know, just talking to Mac and Les or like the, the guy on the board, but he was like, it had been blasted somehow into the auditorium where all the little ladies were sitting and and seemed, you know, and you remember like when the sex pistols went on television, it was like caused a ruckus. So now they're piling on to that and all the little old ladies were all freaking out. That is wild. Hey, look at, um, look at the wave file file of my, uh, my (laughs) flossing that I've been doing. You can see that the microphone was picking up my, Flossing. Uh, I will. Sorry. I will edit that, that out. Maybe I'll leave a little so you'll know what I'm referring to at the end. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> Some flossing. Thank you. Thank you for that, Shane. Field recording. Uh. Man flossing. <laughs> yeah. So, and so, like, Podcast then they, they turn him on. So, right after that, after his voice is blasted into the, the sound stage or whatever, and then that's when they start playing, and that's when you see Mac. And I encourage everyone to Google Bunnyman 79, Granada, what have you, okay? And watch it for yourself because <laughs> we are not dealing with a visual format with the podcast, and we can only say so much, but never enough. Okay. After having their first televised performance, you know, this is like coming out of a city, now that we know that Michigan and the UK are the same size, it's like a city in Michigan, he's on TV, <laughs> okay? Now, later that night, 
as if it couldn't get any better, they're going to play their very first out-of-town gig, okay, in a town called York. Now, if there is not a more British-sounding name of a town, we've all, we know that city over here. We've heard of York. York. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And they're the Pennsylvania. Dukes of York. No, but York Duke, Dukes British of thing. Earl, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're going to York, and they're going to play in the pop club, all right? Okay. All right, and honestly, before I get into any of this stuff about this gig of York, all right. Mm, the gig of York. <laughs> I have, it doesn't, this gig does not appear to have happened exactly. It's like an imaginary gig. Well, it's a gig. <sighs> that. And that's a wrap. <laughs> it is a Mick Middles uh, tale. Okay, mm. this is coming from the King of Cool. All right, he's talking about this gig in York. And so then, is that the same thing as Leeds? Is Yorkshire? Then oh. I, but they're 38 minutes apart, so I can't figure it out. What I'm saying is, if you look on the list of gigs of like the comprehensive, like you uh-huh. know, there's no mention of this club or this gig whatsoever. Okay. So anyway, but we're going to oh, talk about it. Oh, but Mick Middles wrote about it. So we know that the gig of York did happen because Will remembers it. And he can't find any trace of it either. Huh. But he, he remembers it. Yeah. And thus it yeah, happened. I'm sure. I mean, that's how a gig is sometimes. I know. I know. It's just like you remember it, but there's no evidence. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're going to talk about this whole, this gig at length. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, because I don't either anymore. Okay. It all kind of blends. It does. Like Especially a crystal day. in the summer of 79. Whoa, yeah. They're going to York and they're going to play in the pop club. All right. Okay. And they're going to be confronted with a small crowd. A small crowd that, you know, some who had been like, yeah, I'm going to come check them out. Yeah. And we're just kind of like passively sitting by. Is it York like a, it's like a medium sized city? I don't know. But I mean, to m- I'm just going to say it is. So anyway, yeah, because yeah, it sounds like <laughs> I'm going to look it up. No, you, just go ahead. No, no, no I, I think it's a medium sized city. That's a big city. York is? How big is it? It's got like almost 200,000 people living in it. Yeah, so but that's it's not... it's smaller than like... It's like St. Louis or something. St. Louis, what I always think. Yeah. I think 300,000 people. <laughs> well, I just think of St. Louis. Yeah. But it's a little less than St. Louis, so yeah. that's yeah. that kind of style. But okay. lots of really beautiful old churches and cathedral city. Okay, I want you to know also about York. Uh, it is a walled city mm. in northeast England, okay? It's walled... That means walls around it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm reading to here like, to on like the guard old from Wikipedia. From well, it was founded by ancient Romans. Okay, York Minster. So it's like a medieval place too. Okay, <laughs> after the Romans left, old and winding streets, castles, and Ooh. I'm just looking at the oh, pictures. And yeah, just, you I know. know. I, uh, doing some spoken word for you. It's very beautiful. <laughs> 
painting a picture. Some All right. Frescoes. Oh, I just want to go there. Look at different places. Look at how cool their little trains are there and stuff. And very quaint. Go down to the pub. Uh, all right, sorry. So sorry they, uh, but it's this, the walls form a walkway on both sides of the river Ouse. Huh. Ouse. Oh, man. Lord knows how write, you say it. Lord knows y'all Come on, the Thames. Y'all don't, we can't understand what you're talking about. We don't speak about. English. <laughs> we speak American, all we right? We speak English. We speak American. <laughs> So I just want you to know that, too, about it. Walled. And they broke down the walls of that audience. And Lord knows they were appreciated that night. At the YMCA? No, this is in York. Never this mind. Is just <laughs> this is some other thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, where am I? I don't even know what I'm York. talking about. We're York. York. That's their first show. Lukewarm energy. Okay? From the audience. From the audience. Mm. And you know, it's just like, luckily, there's some pretty sophisticated people who've come out to the show, you know, who get them. And they're kind of, they're kind of winning people over. These, these thinkers, these pensive kids in their dour clothes, with their feelings and stuff, uh-huh, uh-huh. are catching a glimpse and being like, hey, me too, man. There's something, the, the light within me. Resonates with the light within you. Exactly. Namaste. And I will join with you again next time you come to town. Yeah, and I'll tell my friends. Should you put one out. Exactly. So they were courageous, courageously performed in front of a small crowd, according to Mick Middles. <laughs> and this is what Ian said. You got to give it your all every night, man. Listen to like, this. That's true. Listen to this. This is one of my favorite Ian McCulloch quotes ever ready yep all notions of pop stardom go out the window in the few minutes before you go on stage at that point you are pathetic naked humble there to serve that's somebody who's laying their shit bare for their that's art right. man yep. that is somebody that's, who is sacrificing the soul because you know as as mcmiddle says like that audience has the power that's not even my notes. I just remember him saying it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the people decide. Yeah, they decide. In rock and roll. All the power. You and But you're just this worship. You're like a god. And yet... It's, democra- oh, it's a democracy. It's dark. Yeah, it's a democracy. I think that's what Billy Corgan said about Rush. Okay. Or someone. Jack Black. Someone in that Rush documentary. Because Rush was always like... Made fun of in the mainstream and in pop cult, popular culture, but they had they grew a huge, rabid fan base, and it's kind of like the people decide. Exactly. The press doesn't decide. Like they can talk, the press can say a bunch of shit, but you go out there and play for people, you find your audience. You know. God, that is so true. You know, and you know what else? Um, McMiddles was saying about this time period, where people started to sort of flock around Joy Division. We'll talk about that gig in a minute. It's the, He calls it the movement that has no name. Isn't that a poetic Wait, way? Wait, what? Mick Middles calls it the movement that has no name? Yes, and he called it that then. There's that's That Liverpool scene? That's no, just that music I listen to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All that stuff, you know? 
the you wear your dark yeah gray coat your waistcoat and your you know and you're not quite goth you know you're right. not in the black lipstick but totally you're, you're feeling the rain and the cold and your soul is cold and old <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to some marcy and you're listening you read, also read your baudelaire and, and got two twins and yeah fucking, all right uh, so all right so he plays that gig um and they all fall asleep on the way home from the the gig of York <laughs> and they go to sleep even though it's only a hundred miles away. They use miles too, don't they? They don't do the kilo I think kilograms. Aren't they I don't know, actually. It was miles in the book. Yeah, so that makes sense because uh-huh. it's but they might have switched at a certain point. Yeah. To metric. I think they did actually. Because uh, that's ringing a bell now. now yeah. We're the only ones who don't. But because yeah, all that shit, better. the other stuff is like, uh, isn't it? It's like, there's like a foot, like the king's foot or something, <laughs> stupid like that. You know, <laughs> twelve inches. <laughs> the king's foot. Oh, I don't know why that's cracking up. <laughs> I just can't. I think it's true though. Oh, I think it it's is. It's like it's like the, the dumb shit. Like someone just like walked it out, <laughs> and that is a yard. You know, like like the three of the kings, three of the kings' foot equals a yard. <laughs> you know. Oh my god. And so, and in America, like held on to that shit. Of course we did. Of course we did. I just want to say you just followed up my favorite Matt quote with a quote from Billy Corgan. About Rush. I did. <laughs> you know, and it may may have been Billy Corgan. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> for Rush. sure. Oh, it was, for sure? Okay. Cause in the thing Billy Corgan was talking about, what, that the yeah. people decide? Yeah, people decide. Yeah. And that's just one, you know, that's like, that's my favorite quote. But Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was just recently reading up on some Billy Corgan gossip from the 90s. Ooh. Just, you know, because he he's, like, just Let's known to be, like, a real a-hole or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like, on the Lala, some Lollapalooza tour with, like, was it with Soundgarden or some big yeah. concert or something? And he's, like, backstage talking about, like, like with Kim Thale from Soundgarden. And yeah. he's just, like, being Tell real, me. like... Ooh, I love this kind of gossip. I love ta- Billy Corgan gossip. Oh, I don't know. Just being, like, real know-it-all about, like, the Zodiac and stuff, you know? And Zodiac. You know, and he's just... And, uh... I, I'm not going to do this any justice, but he was talking about like Carl Jung and he's talking about oh, yeah. like, you know, astrology yeah. and he's, and he's just being like real argumentative and, and, uh, I'm going to look it up. Okay. You're going to look up the story. Look this story this is up. worth Cause it. Cause it's, it's actually worth it. Okay. Okay. Cause you're, you're not even going to believe it. Okay. okay. Cause now I forgot about Billy this Corgan part. Gossip. This is just a dream come true. No, listen. Okay. So, so Cornell, okay. Chris Cornell and Kim Thale of Soundgarden are sitting back with a couple beers backstage when Bill Soundgarden, let's name a hit from them. Uh, Black them? Hole Sun. Black okay. Black Hole Sun. All right. Won't, Won't you come, come and wash away the? And they are drinking a couple beers when Billy Corgan from tonight, tonight. Smashing Pumpkins. He wanders through and decides to join them for a strawberry margarita. Corgan chatters about the pain of his life, the supposed incompetence of his band. Everybody rolls their eyes. The life-saving virtues of Jungian therapy, bands that suck. Cornell gets up to leave. 
Corgan tells Thale how important Soundgarden used to be to him, and he baits him by saying that the Pumpkins sometimes do a cover of Soundgarden's Outshined that segues into a Depeche Mode song or something. Oh. Anyway, oh. then Corgan says... Depeche Mode, that's one of our bands, guys. Yeah, yeah. and he says... I'm thinking of making my next album really new wave, Billy Corgan says. Mm. Like 83, 84 new wave. Not like Berlin. I spend all my time doing things that may be a bit tangential. But I think I'm going to go back to the core, to the heart music. Echo and the Bunnymen. Period. What? Yeah. I forgot that this was that was like a thing in this, in this tale of Billy Corgan and backstage this is standard stuff to anybody who has read even a single billy corgan profile the basic curriculum of pumpkins 101 but thale isn't buying it and he's sore and kim thale says don't you see you're this incredibly talented guy people like your music you have a good band you sell a lot of records you don't need all this stuff and then corgan stuff says like i think just being like this know-it-all like dingus and he's like what sign are you and he's like what do you mean what sign am i and thale says what difference does it make and he says Come on, when was your birthday? All right, damn it, it's September 24th. Aha, Corgan says, a Virgo. You're argumentative. And then Kim Dale says, damn right I'm argumentative. And then he takes a long, angry pull at his beer, which you should know because I've been arguing with you for half an hour, not because of any sign. And then Corgan says, I'm damn. a Pisces. We who pick, is Rick accounting this? We like, pick up on those things. Who is Who wrote all of this down? What is it's this? A, it's a tale of uh, where, where are you some getting, gossip. What, is this on some? It's on Twitter, but I had read it like years ago, and then it like <laughs> came back. Came back. A minute later, Corgan, still probing, finally finds the key to Thale's heart. I hate how in magazine pictures they always stick me somewhere in the back. Who's Thale, saying that? Billy Corgan. Jesus. And uh, Thale explodes. What do you mean? You write all the songs. You do all the interviews. They're 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 sharing like a festival bill or something. Uh. You play the instruments on the album. You control the band to the extent that most people think of Smashing Pumpkins as the Billy Corgan experience, and all you care about is some photography. But I hate it. Corgan says it means they don't think I'm the cute one. Ooh, Thale says a little too loudly as Corgan walks away. I'll bet he's going to call his therapist in Chicago. Wake her up at four in the morning and tell her about that big, mean bear who made fun of him. The next day at the Big Day Out Festival, Thale is talking to Kim and Kelly Deal in the breeder's dressing room when Corgan walks past wearing a long-sleeved Superman t-shirt like the one your four-year-old nephew probably owns. And he says... Oh, the 90s. He says, you hurt me deeply, touching the giant S on his chest and pouting. You hurt me deeply in my heart. The Pumpkins go on to play the best set anybody has ever heard them play, their usual passiveness and precision overlaid with an unfamiliar scrim of anger that throws their music into brilliant relief. Matt Cameron is a little astounded. Kim should rent himself out as a tour shrink, he says. Anyway, uh, that's a little okay. story. But that the main thing being, story. I don't know if we need all that. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, well, we need it. Yeah, we need but it. But he's Billy Corgan's like, I'm gonna go back to the heart of music, Echo and the Bunnymen. The heart of music. And you I liked what Billy Corgan said about Rush in that documentary. They have some good sounds. He's like a. It's weird because people love Matt Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm sure plenty of our. I know some people who love Smashing. Yeah, Pumpkins people who so listen to much. our podcast, I'm sure, love Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. And maybe like Corgan, I don't know why I find him so like. Um, Annoying, like annoying, yeah. I'm just like, like I'm just like kind of repelled yeah. by him You're or not something. Alone, I guess. But yeah, but you know what? I bet a lot of people 
why is he different from like Mac the Mouse in that respect, in terms of personality? Uh, I'm not talking about poetry because I think Corgan is not and personality a strong writer. You know, you know, it's hard to name like it's hard to say why one person is cool and one person isn't. You know, it's yeah. just in the little things. It's in the details. It's in yeah. And I and I feel people like love I, bands. I don't really love. Sometimes I get like, oh my poor Billy Corgan. I feel bad for, but people don't like him. As though he's like, not only is he awkward, but he's not kind. He's right. very unkind to people. Unkind, and then also, like, I think... Is what I hear. Like, cutthroat, cut kind of. Cut There's a cutthroat thing that, that, like... Yeah. But then a lot of people don't even think about that shit at all. They're just like, I like melancholy and the infinite sadness. Yeah, which is playing on the music. goth thing, which is exactly... That interview, that conversation was, like, before that, I think. So you're talking, like, he's, like, taking cues... From like Echo and the Bunny Man. He did bring that in. He kind you of know. did co- combine a more of a new wave sound with the grunge yeah. stuff that was happening at the time. And I thought I wanted to like yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, but at the end of the day, I just didn't really like the melodies. Yeah, I like moments that they have, but I see that with the strings and stuff. Yeah. When was this? When it was, was bu- this? Yeah, and it was, was it 90s. before he it was like, did. Was yeah. it before he did the melancholy? I think so. Or, double album thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. That, yeah. Like Echo and the Bunny Man, everybody wants to be them, you know? Yeah. Only the real ones can make it work. And well, I mean, <laughs> I think he, he was pretty successful at that record. <laughs> he made it work. Not to me. Yeah. Not to me. I like I mean, Echo and the Bunny Man better still. Yeah. I mean... So wow, thank you. Yeah, we didn't. You didn't realize how relevant. Well, this I was. did because I read it, but I forgot that that was why it was in relevant. the story. And why did I bring up Billy Corgan in the first place? Oh, why did we bring him up? Hmm, where are we in this podcast? Hmm, Billy Corgan. Oh, because he said something about Rush. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was saying that the right, right. that the uh, yeah you followed up my quote with a Billy Corgan quote about Rush about Rush kind of uh, bringing uh, up that yeah, that was yeah. you know. It was just saying that the people decide and that the critics don't decide. It's like following up a a Descartes quote with a fucking Trump quote or something. Okay. You know yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think therefore I am. <laughs> Grab him by the pussy. Okay. <laughs> All the, the hits. The hits. This is a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. So... Okay, so they're they're driving around. They support the fall in Manchester. Now, I thought they would play Manchester when they did the TV thing, mm, mm-hmm. but they didn't. So well, it's, well they, it's 45 minutes away. <laughs> we got a TV shoot, and then we'll go another 15 minutes to the other town. That's true, 100. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It ended up working out, That makes I guess. sense to me. Okay. I think I've done that kind of thing. Choice. Oh, we got to do the radio thing on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then you keep going. Then you keep going. Then you go all the way home. Yeah. It's a big day. Yeah. Night. They spend the night in Manchester. Who'd they stay with? They probably stayed with the fall people. I would have. What a nightmare. But I, but they were into it. They were into it. They were into it. You, like, picture that house. Sleeping on that couch or with the amount of cigarette smoke that was in that fucking oh, house, dude. Man. Like, and then oh, just, you know. Yep. And just... Are you going to get yelled at? If you're staying there, nobody... Oh. All right. Well... But that was normal back then. And that was Kay Carroll days. So that was, you know... I'm not saying... I'm just saying she's loud. Volume to the old voice there. But that would have been fun, like, when you were 20. I'm just... Yeah. Now that I'm, like, 
I know, know, and he's friends. Yeah, they're having a good time they're with that. They're having a great time. But they wouldn't like it now. <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> nope. No, and I, yeah, I would have gotten into you that. Got, you grow out of that kind of touring. <laughs> and then you even forget that it was once desirable. It's not for glory. It's not for honor. Just something so All right, Shane, we're not going to be watching the news. Oh, so Shane is just uh, watching a little bit of news coverage and commentary and what sounds like some uh, fascists. What is this? Following the war. Well, because whatever I was just watching, the guy was like trying to say, you know, these are civilized people. You know, it's not like Afghanistan or Iraq. Yes. He's like trying not to say these are it's white people it's deeply yeah. ingrained over here y'all yeah. we will have some problems and uh you know we got racism we really got to deal with it but right now <laughs> what i'm trying to do is talk about these early shows for echo and the bunny man do you understand so shane yo <laughs> let's get back let's go i want to tell you some stuff about these shows that you'll be interested in, okay? Mm, mm-hmm. Like, okay, for instance, let's see what Will Sargent has to say about the show. Is he at, coming back on for another your... interview? <laughs> no, he's left us with his written word mm. printed on the page Got it. before me so that I can use as a reference for future episodes, only he stops his book at the exact point that we are in now in the narrative. Ah. Uh. So, once again, we'll have to fabricate for, I guess, I mean, I don't know how fast he writes, like two years, a year? I think I, it took like a year or so, probably. He needs to get this, I mean, this is a page turner, and there's, I don't even like to read. Yeah, but there's no, now that there's no pandemic, it could be like Bob Dylan's Chronicles Volume 1. Please don't let it be. This is, he's so good. He's getting, he's got He never put out Chronicles Volume 2. Uh, he called a book Chronicles Volume 1 that came out, Yeah. and then it's been 20 years, man. But anyway, so... Uh, Man, that's Will's so got a. I can't see. It's so dark in here. Well, it's, it's all good because Could we're just talking. Could you turn on that light oh, yonder? <clears throat> Let us light a candle and turn, <laughs> and turn to page 304 of Will Sargent's Bunny Man. Okay? And I want, I want to let you know this, this gig in Yorkshire. Okay. okay? I'm so confused. They got York. They got Yorkshire. Well, that's okay. They got you Yorktown. Know, into Yorkshire. Okay. But then, but Yorkshire, Yorkshire doesn't matter because we're continuing on to Leeds. Okay. That was just, you know, one sentence. Um, we're going to Leeds to a venue called the F Club. Okay. 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 He believes. What, the, what does the F stand for? <laughs> that funny you should ask he he believes that it stands for fan fan the fan club the fan club okay okay we are supported by the tourist annie lennox wow and dave stewart's band okay do you know dave stewart Mm, do i i don't know i think we need to know could you while you're could you take a break from um the news coverage (laughs) and look up uh, (laughs) 
like are they an early version of the English musician? Well, he's uh, he's in the Eurythmics. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was about to say. He's the other guy. He's the other Eurythmic besides Annie. Yes, that she's always with. The quiet one. The bearded one who follows her. The one who does not sing. No. And, um, okay, so that's his name, right? Dave Stewart's band. So the Taurus, is that like some configuration of like an early Eurythmics thing? Because, you know, I know you're a big Annie Lennox fan, mm-hmm. as as da- everyone is from the 90s. Like Dave Stewart has uh, four kids. All right, so the Arrhythmics, an early version. They were called the Taurus. Understood. Okay. No. Um, okay, we are not fans and see them as old farts. Even then, this is like 1978, and he's thinking they're old. And she had a solo album come out when we were like little kids. And I remember thinking, you know. Yeah. Is that like walking on broken glass or whatever? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that was like the 90s, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we were in middle school. Right. Yeah. We were in middle school and she came out with that solo album. And at that point, she seemed like, you know, maybe that was maybe something my mom and her friends would listen to. She was all like Amadeus in that video. She was what? She was all like Amadeus out in that video. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it was, was like powder wig it. times, right? It was beautiful. It was yeah. like dangerous liaison. Oh, just to the nines. There was a there was kind of a twenties kind of flapper thing happening. A lot of feathers, okay. bejeweled, you know. But um, in these days, I mean, she just seemed so edgy to us in the eighties, and I I never thought of her as old, even when I was a little kid. But they seem old to them. Okay, that's weird. But what are they? What are they? Because they were like twenty, and they're also, ex- yeah. <laughs> and and, they, and those guys were like eighteen, right? Okay. Also, they're too competent. You know, they're too slick. Mm. They have talent. Mm-hmm. She can sing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a gig, you know. It was kind of that kind of attitude. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, so when he arrives, when they arrive at the gig. Les is driving their trusty van. Um, a mini is blocking the load-in entrance. Now, I'll tell you that a mini is probably what you drive. It's a small car. Mm. That's what I'm guessing. Maybe, yeah. Mini, M-I-N-I. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so. They have those cars like the Mini Cooper or whatever. Yeah. Okay, there you go. And so they can't get their equipment in, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're late. And so they have to wait for Mac to wash his hair before the gig. So they got to get in there. (laughs) So it was possible to bounce a small car like a Mini out of the way. Okay. Um, Even when the handle brink is on. Bouncing. Now, so we would all gather around by lifting in unison and dropping the car. We can shift the car. We bounce it. We bounce it down There's the road. There's like a Mentos commercial about this. <laughs> yeah. We bounce it down the road and repark it well out of the way of the load-in. All right. All right. Now, that's probably not great for your car to bounce it down the road, but, you know, problem solved. Okay. It shouldn't have parked there. The white zone is for loading and unloading only. <laughs> they were forced to bounce. Go to the white zone. 
So after the tourists did their sound check, Annie Lennox leaves to get her car. Yes, you've guessed it. Okay. Whose car is it? Annie Lennox's car. It's Annie Lennox's car. And she is, is mad pissed. as hell. And don't you know, he tells you, he tells you about it. That's what he says. That's what he says. She is scary as hell. And she's Scottish. Uh. Does that mean something to them? That means you're extra scary. Mm. All right. She mm-hmm. is yelling. And it is just from then on out, it is a bad vibe at oh, this gig. That's a bummer. It is a ruined vibe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so um, then, then afterwards, they go to load out and the van is gone. Shane's looking at a picture of Vladimir Putin. Putin's family appears. The van's gone, Shane. Wake up because yeah. this is an emergency. Whoa. I can't find the van. Oh, the van the, the van van? Yeah. Their van their is van. gone. It's gone. It got stolen? It's gone, yes. Whoa. What are you gonna do? Whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. Look, where's do? the van? Ian, you left the keys <laughs> in the car. Except Les was driving, so it's his fault. Yes. Except someone really just jimmied it. Yeah. And yeah. then hot wired it. Or yeah, or just, you know, turned it on with any key. You know, I had a car like that. You in could the just 90s. like doing it, yeah. Yeah. And so so the car is gone. <laughs> what a disaster. Okay. They're like, is it karma? Did the Scottish Okay. So anyway. So now what are they gonna do? Uh what would you what would you, what would you do? Okay, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna file a you know a police report, report. Or whatever. Hopefully, you have the serial numbers on your instruments. Because they're gonna do a lot about it. They really care, you know. Yeah, it's their gear. <laughs> their gear. That's what I was gonna say. They go to load out, and the van is gone. Oh, so they got their gear. They have their gear. Just the van's gone. The van is gone. Understood. Well. So, so did they find it? A few days later. Yeah. Kind of like with us, but yeah. maybe not in the exact same right. circumstances. Right, when our car got stolen and we found it. Yes. They found it, and they get it back, and they're back on the road. All right. Beep, beep. Here they go. <laughs> and like, vroom, they're back on the M62. Remember, we're still in the summer of 79. They performed at the Prince of Wales Conference Center at the YMCA on Totten Court Road, London. I got all confused when I was reading about this because I was like, I thought they went to Wales. But it's the Prince of Wales Conference Center and it's in London, okay? And this is a really big gig because they are going to be playing with Joy Division, mm. The Teardrop Explodes, and the unlucky headliner, <laughs> Essential Logic. <laughs> okay. Which of those bands do you not know? Yeah. You know? I, they, don't, I don't. Right. Yeah. So, 
moving on yeah that's that's like um i feel like i've experienced lineups like that yeah i mean i just read about one actually it was the one is it the fans was that the band from atlanta that was kind of like leveled by the b-52s they were kind of like pretentious it's gotta happen at some point you're the opener but you kick a little too much ass and you're destined for bigger and better things so you know like and the tables turn pretty quick yep and that's just a heartbreak of the business man sorry it really is what kind of band is essential logic i'm gonna say it's a roxy music thing hard to say I, i it makes me think of um another liverpool band called it's that's what I thought. Immaterial. Too. It's immaterial. Yeah, but just the name. Just the name and the, all the syllables, and I do picture like a respectable, logic. a bespectacled mad scientist who is like, you know. I'd be really out. curious to look at how many f- plays uh, Essential Logic has, like on Spotify. Or I mean, something. shall we just let's open that can of worms? Somebody's gonna write me like they don't even know who is. Not that not that plays on Spotify is the metric, but apparently it Uh, is. Well, I'm not looking on Spotify, but oh, well they are a large. They're a five piece, which you know. Every time I see a five piece anywhere, I'm like, y'all don't make any money. All right, here they are on Spotify. Do do do. Okay, nine thousand monthly listeners. Right, so no, they didn't. They didn't make it. I don't know. They okay. never made it. But <laughs> <laughs> nine thousand monthly is a lot to me. Mm, I but mean, I don't know how. Yeah, I guess you get in the millions and stuff. Yeah, you get. Yeah, I mean, but it's but stupid. But this is street cred stuff. Yeah, I mean, the t- that's that's decent. You I know. would say I would be yeah. pleased. Oh if yeah, that's got good. I'm not trying to knock it. No, I just mean. But yeah, you, know, you look at Echo's got like a million something. You know what I mean? It's not right, like. Right. But it's and it's not like it's they're the, the underdog. They're, yeah, well, they're, I they mean, look 10, cool 000. as hell. They look like a like a DC punk band or something. I mean, they have some. They made an impact to have like people still listen. Well, to let's music. listen to a little bit of this. All right, okay. Okay. Hell yeah. Not what I was expecting. Are they a brass band? I'm this kind of kicks ass. Wait, wait, wait. This is awesome. I want to hear. Does it do something else? Oh, hold on. It's almost trying to be like lounge lizards or something. All right, let's cool. keep. Oh wait. Here we go. All right, there's a little bit of an arty. Whoa. Reminds me kind of of. Reminds me of like a. Japan or something. Japan, like what's that woman's name? I used to love Chapel something. Let's check out another song. Uh, okay. Hell yeah. yeah. This man, this band could have a really big like resurgence. Let's make it happen. I, I have to say though. Oh, that's great. This is so good, dude. Oh yeah, they kick ass. What the alright, let's try one more, one more. That's phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like um, like oh. dog faced Hermans. Yes. It has like a beef hearty quality to it. Oh yeah, crass. This is like, but this is like, like but, yeah. but but tight. Yeah, and really good. Good. Minute manish. Well, 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 everyone. Let's. Essential let's Logic new band I like a lot. I know. It makes sense that they would headline that show if they were like getting. That would be a fun ass show. So they'd already been playing for a while. People were like excited. Which to would see be that more band. fun? What would you rather listen to and dance around to? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Joy Division. Now they do have some jams. Like they have some dance hits. So I don't know. I love Joy Division. As I love well. Joy Division, but is it fun? Are you happy when you're dancing to Love Will it's Tell? Bro- it's brooding. It's brooding. Yeah, it's dark. It doesn't have. It's like this is a little zanier. This is a little more fun. <laughs> yeah wow. but uh it's got like kind of like this no wave kind of avant pop kind of thing going on and i feel like the way it was mixed just on that little computer sounds good like it sounds good oh right. and that's my notes all right essential logic yeah everybody check that out okay so they play this show at the ymca <laughs> in london that is a big deal you know that's my point mm. but another point i want to make young is man We need to put that in here I know man Alright Young man There's no need to feel down I said young man Pick yourself off the ground I said young man Cause you're in a new town There's no need to be I listened to the verses lyrics though for the first time closely, and they're really they're funny. very informative. Yeah, they're just telling you what it has, what where you can go to have a good time when you are in a city and you are a young man. Yeah. Yes. It's just so matter of fact. Yeah. And there's just there's just so much. Young like, Man Christians Association. Yes. All right. That's correct. Uh, let's let's read a little more about the. Because clearly it's a British thing, right? The why? I mean, they're talking about this thing in London, and mm. it has like a giant stage where they're performing. Maybe I mean, it's not I a didn't giant know. Stage. Okay. Maybe it's like a gym, a gymnasium. I don't well, know. yeah, that makes but sense. But it's called like gymnasium. the Queen. What is it called again? <sighs> but I'm trying to. Uh, when you said YMCA, I thought I didn't. I didn't know it was in England, and then. But then you just made the leap to like it's from England, but is it from? Does is that where it started? That's where it's. Well, let's find it, out. I'm let's all, let's, let's learn more about the YMCA, y'all, because that I mean this was a pivotal moment, um, as you'll find out soon. Not only because we have this pairing of Echo and the Bunnymen and Joy Division. It really was founded in London. This in may be... 1844. What? Arising in the big cities at the end of the Industrial Revolution. So, uh, thank you, YMCA website. <laughs> Wait, but when did they get, like... It, was it mainly for sport? Was it a club? Was it a dinner club? Well, like, was well it the a song says you can stay there. You know That's what I mean? That's right. It's like, I know whenever you know, they say that, I'm like, well, I don't know about that. No, people all would, that. yeah, you could crash there. They would have like co housing and stuff. But it was, you know, the YMCA we know today is really a gem with a pool. I mean, dude, I'll tell you what about the YMCA <laughs> is that uh, a guy named George Williams founded it. 
and uh, and uh, he wanted to create a supportive community to help young men like himself address pressing social challenges, like uh, needing idea. a place to sleep and eat and bathe. Yeah, kind of thing? exactly. Oh. Let's see. Uh-huh. So that's self care. That's the deal. But yeah, uh, yeah. He, but he's a far- so he was a farmer turned department store worker and his friends gathered to organize a refuge for young men seeking to escape from the hazards of the streets so you can crash there so it's a safe place for people to like not be like you know just getting crimped out on the streets you know or whatever huh well you know see what see what this band brings in things we would never have looked up before. I know. I learned so much from Echo and the Bunnymen. <laughs> All right. Um. So they played a show at the Y. They played. Who, George Williams would never have guessed. <laughs> I know. Like that later. these post-punk bands be playing at the YMCA. Right. You know, later on, but it makes sense. It's a safe Joy place. Joy Division, Echo and, and the Bunnymen, and Teardrops. Like yeah. that is. And, as we learned, what's the name of that band? Oh Some man, they lunch. were good. They were mm-hmm. good. We just talked about them. Okay, so the YMCA uh-huh. is maybe their most important gig of all time. Right. Do you know why? Uh, no. All right. Well, not only is it a good gig, and not only do they go and they play with um, Joy Division and yes. you know all these great bands, but they also get. But guess who's in that audience? I'm going to say, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, David Bowie. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Well, not David Bowie, but none other than Seymour Stein of Sire Records. Ah, you know. That's what we're talking about. The guy who signed Madonna. A little act that some of our listeners, a little fringe band that some of y'all might know called the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pretenders. You know, I mean, just the list. Come on. He's there at the gig. Wow. Now, you might ask yourself, what could be more important than that, than having Seymour Stein at your gig? But there's another person at that gig. Mm. And his name, ladies and gentlemen is Pete DeFritis. There we go. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Maybe, I don't know, maybe all of some of the listeners have heard that name, but... Right. He is in a band, a drummer, who's in a band with David Balfi's younger brother, whose name is Karen? Kieran. Pete DeFritis is in a band with Karen, who is David Balfi's <laughs> younger brother. Yeah. Got it. In North London. These are all people at the YMCA? They're at the show. <laughs> They're at the show. Because they have everything for young men to enjoy. And so on that note, um, let's get out of here. Write us a letter at podcast at gmail.com. We're and, on Instagram. Uh, yeah. We use our Twitter to compile memes to show to each other at night. In the private messages. <laughs> let's get the hell out of here.